Welcome to episode number two of the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to come alongside you and help you become the leader you were created to be. Now, since we're just getting started, if this is helpful to you, it would mean a lot if you would give a review and please be so kind as to share it on social media. This episode is part two of self-leadership, where we're discussing five characteristics of self-leadership. If you've not already, make sure to check out part one. You can download the leader's guide for this episode at LarryCrawford.live. You and I cannot lead anyone else if we cannot lead ourselves. I love what John Maxwell says. He said, the hardest person to lead is yourself. As I mentioned last month, we covered two characteristics of healthy self-leadership. This week, three more. Number three, a healthy self-leader is selfless. Selfless meaning servant leadership. Now, being selfless is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. We live in an I, me, and a my society, yet leaders that make a difference are leaders who are selfless. They're humble. They put others first. They understand that it's not all about us. It's not all about me. It's not all about you. The opposite of self-leadership is self-centered leadership, selfish leadership. Self-centered leaders ask, what's in it for me? Selfless leaders ask, what's the right thing to do here? Self-centered leaders ask, how can I best use others to do and to get what I want? Selfless leaders ask, how best can we do it? Self-centered leaders are more concerned about looking good than they are about being good. Self-centered leaders deflect criticism, often blaming others. Selfless leaders take responsibility for what happens and take action to turn things around for the better. Self-centered leaders are all about being served. Selfless leaders are all about serving others, servant leadership. You've heard the saying, people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. People don't remember what you said or did as much as they remember the way you made them feel. Selfless leaders make people feel needed, wanted, and appreciated. And they do so by exhibiting these four traits, four traits of selfless leadership. Number one is humility. A selfless leader doesn't care who gets the credit. A selfless leader makes everyone else feel they matter because to them, they actually do matter. The second trait is a selfless leader is a good listener. A selfless leader hears what other people are saying, but also what they're not saying. A selfless leader is a good listener that listens intentionally, intently, not only with their ears, but with their body language, with their whole being. In other words, they're engaged in the conversation. The third trait of a selfless leader is their empathy. They show empathy. They're empathetic. A selfless leader puts themselves in other people's shoes. They put that person's hurt in their heart. Whatever that person's walking through, they walk through it with them together. And the fourth thing is a trait of a selfless leader is they celebrate others. They're quick to celebrate others. A selfless leader loves to celebrate others and rejoices when other people are successful, especially when they're part of their team. 
Now, characteristics of healthy self-leadership, number four, is self-discipline. Discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. That was spoken by Abraham Lincoln. Many leaders struggle with self-discipline. As a matter of fact, there are three sides to every person. We have our, number one, our public side, which for most people, it's easy to have self-control when they're in public. But then we also have our private side. Only a few intimate family members see that, and a person might not exhibit self-control as much in that environment. The third is our personal or our secret side. That's our inmost thoughts. Uh, the only one that knows our personal, most intimate secret side is ourself and the God that created us. If we're going to be a selfless leader that shows great character and self-discipline, then we need to show it in all three areas, our public, our private, and our personal. Motivation gets you going, but discipline keeps you growing. Uh, John Maxwell says, if you have the motivation you need, discipline is no problem. If you lack motivation, discipline is always the problem. What we want to do is develop self-discipline, is develop habits, because habits are the compound interests of self-improvement. You see, small disciplines repeated with consistency every day lead to great achievements gained slowly over time. Studies reveal that it takes 21 days to develop a habit, but it takes 63 days to change a mindset. We don't want to just develop healthy habits. We want to change our mindset. And in order to do that, as a selfless leader, we have to apply self-discipline. Self-disciplined leaders are self-starters. What you do today determines who you become tomorrow. What you did yesterday has determined who you are today. And so I want to give us three takeaways that will help us become self-disciplined and become the leaders that we were created to be. Number one is start early. This is difficult, but what you want to do is you want to make yourself do the thing you have to do when it ought to be done, whether you like it or not. That's the first lesson that ought to be learned. I grew up on a farm and uh, dad would always want us to go out in the garden early in the morning. For some reason, he always wanted us to pick beans on Saturday at five o'clock in the morning. We hated getting up at five o'clock any day, especially Saturday, but dad wanted it to get done before it got hot. And then we could go on and do the things we wanted to do. We would gr grumble. We would complain about it. But the times that we would get up at five and go out, we were able to get it done early to do it well. And then we had the rest of the day to do what we needed to do. Thinking back to that principle, that taught me self-discipline. That sometimes, as I said, you have to make yourself do the things that you have to do when it ought to be done, whether you really want to do it or not. And so you want to start early. The second thing is you want to start small. Take a few moments, if you would, right now and list List some areas uh, where you need to work on. List three, four, five areas that you need to work on self-discipline. Now, I want you to take a moment and prioritize them. In other words, what do I want to work on first? Because you want to begin to work on them one at a time. And you want to take time to learn how to grow in that area. How can I become self-disciplined in that area so that I can be a leader that really makes a difference? You also want to secure an accountability partner and preferably someone who models that trait and ask them to help you keep it in front of you throughout the day. 
work on it for 63 days. Why? Because we want to not only develop a habit, we want to change our mindset. And then finally, celebrate your wins. All along the way, take time to celebrate your wins. So start small. Start early, start small. And the third thing is, is start now. In 1976, Indiana University basketball team, my team, the Hoosiers, were undefeated throughout the regular season. They went on to capture the NCAA championship. Coach Bobby Knight, the general, was interviewed on 60 Minutes, and they asked him this question. Why is it, Bobby, that your basketball teams at Indiana are always so successful? And then they asked this question. Is it the will to succeed? And Coach Knight answered, the will to succeed is important, but I'll tell you what's more important. It's the will to prepare. It's the will to go out there every day, training and building those muscles and sharpening those skills. You see, successful people do consistently what others only do occasionally or not at all. Now, let me share the fifth characteristic of healthy self-leadership. And this is an important one. And I know what you're going to say when I share it. It's self-care. First of all, let me define it. Michael Hyatt says, self-care describes the activities that make for a meaningful life outside of work while contributing to greater performance at work. Most leaders say it. I've said it. You've probably said it. You may even be saying it right now. I don't have time for self-care. Well, the truth is, you don't have time not to take care of yourself. Our oldest son, John, told my wife years ago, Dad is too busy taking care of everybody else. He needs to take care of himself. That became real when I went to the doctor one day, and the doctor said, you're pre-diabetic. If you don't change your habits, if you don't take care of yourself, then you and I are going to become really good friends. Well, I like the doctor, but I didn't want to become really good friends. And so I made a change. You see, when we say self-care to us, and, and to me it did, it sounded selfish. But if you don't take care of yourself, you won't be around or you won't be able to take care of others. Uh, the problem with today's work culture is that many people believe that they need to work longer hours in order to get more done and to be successful. There's a study from Stanford University, and this is just one of many studies that really debunks the belief In his research, economic professor John Pincavel found that productivity per hour declines sharply when a person works more than 50 hours a week. After 55 hours, productivity drops so much that putting in any more hours would be pointless. And those who work up to 70 hours a week are only getting the same amount of work done as those who put in 55 hours. I know it's hard to believe. It was hard to believe for me as well, but the research is there. It, it proves to be true. It reminds me of a story of two lumberjacks. Uh, they would go out and work every day. One was an older lumberjack. He was seasoned. He was a veteran. There was the new young guy who was strong and had all kind of energy. And he looked at the older lumberjack and he challenged him and he said, I want to challenge you to see who can cut down the most trees in one day. And he just kept after the older lumberjack till finally he said, okay, let's do it. And they set the day and they started out, both of them started out and they started out well and they're, they're cutting down trees and the, the younger lumberjack would look over and he would see that 
periodically the older lumberjack would sit down he was resting and he he smiled and he just kept cutting trees down and he thought man i'm going to beat him so bad he's wearing out he can't keep up with me and and the older lumberjack would take breaks throughout the day well when they got to the end of the day the younger lumberjack was confident that he had won but when they counted it all up the older seasoned lumberjack had cut down a third more trees than the younger lumberjack did the younger lumberjack he couldn't believe it he was furious he went to him and said how with you taking all those breaks how could you cut down more trees when you were resting all that time the older lumberjack looked at him and smiled and he said you're right i did take breaks and i did rest but when i was resting i was sharpening my axe there are many leaders today that are out there and they're working really hard long hours but their axe is dull We've got to take time to sharpen our axe. I always say this to other leaders when I'm training them. You can't give what you don't have. We need to lead out of our overflow. In other words, if you're not replenished, if you're not rejuvenated, then what you're giving someone else is stale, it's old, it's not as effective. And so we have to take care of ourselves. Now, the opposite of self-care is self-neglect. The problem is when we neglect ourselves, we think we're okay until we're not. It slowly breaks us down. It will not only break us down physically, emotionally, but also it can break your family life, your, your health, and your career. So how do we do self-care? How do we do self-care and what are the benefits of it? I want to share those with you here quickly. First of all, how do we do self-care? The first thing is, is we need to eat well. Uh, you've heard the saying, you are what you eat. Most of us don't like that. Most of us like to eat what we want to eat and do what we want to do. But the truth is, if we will eat healthier, we will be able to perform better and we'll be more productive in the hours of work that we put in, but also we'll be more alert and productive in our time off work as well. And so I encourage you to eat well. The second thing is, is exercise regularly. There's a brain function that what happens when we exercise, there's the BDNF that stands for the brain derived neurotrophic factor. And what happens is a trophic factor associated with cognitive improvement and the alleviation of depression and anxiety takes place when we exercise. That's why exercise is so important. Now, here's what it's done. It's been proven scientifically. When we exercise, it creates new brain cells, but it also nourishes the ones that you have already. And here's a big deal. Middle-aged men that exercise long-term actually see an improvement in their memory. It also lowers stress and anxiety levels, which builds up our self-efficacy. People that work out and exercise on a regular basis, they have lower stress, as I mentioned, lower anxiety. They also tend to have increase in pay and promotion, and it also builds in them a tenacity to be able to last longer and last better. Now, the third area is rest, and this is a difficult one because most of us like to put in long hours, but it has been proven that less than six hours of sleep a night is equivalent to being drunk. Uh, we've discovered that starving the body of sleep also robs neurons of the ability to function properly. And that comes from lead researcher Ishak Fried from the University of California at Los Angeles, in other words, UCLA. 
He says, and I quote, this leads to cognitive lapses in how we perceive and react to the world around us. In other words, it affects our thinking, our reasoning, our actions, and our reactions. There was an article published in Nature Medicine that says a lack of sleep not only causes us to drop off at our desk in the afternoon and feel cranky, but it also weakens crucial communications between the neurons in the brain, according to a new study. Now, that weakening in the brain signals that network can lead to lapses in memory, problems concentrating, and in some ways, as already mentioned, is comparable to being drunk, says the researchers. And so rest is really, really important. And I'll give an example of that here in just a minute. The fourth area is hobbies. We need to have fun. Uh, my youngest daughter told me, Dad, you need a hobby. I want you to think about something. How many of us skip a workout or family time in order to get more work done? All of us have. But we need those times to rejuvenate us in our thinking and also in the strength and refreshing in our body and our mind so that we can be more effective. And so I want to challenge you to find a hobby where you can be rejuvenated. Now, what are the benefits of self-care? I'm going to give you, uh, there's a lot of benefits. I'm going to give you three uh, benefits here in this uh, podcast, this episode. Number one, it gives us energy. Many people say they don't have time, but the truth is the time you make for self-care will energize you and make you more productive in the time that you do have. Rest is a key. When you rest, you're going to bring more energy into whatever you're doing, and you're going to be able to do it more effectively. And so when we do these four things, it gives us energy to be more effective. The second thing is, it gives you an edge. We live in a competitive world. The slightest edge can make all the difference. I work out with a personal trainer. And one of the things I've learned through all of this, just to give you an example of how it gives you an edge is, is that when we take time to rest in between what we're doing, when we take proper rest breaks, we're able to do more than if we go right into the next weightlifting thing or the next exercise. I'm a person that is very impatient. I want to go from one to the other, and I want to just keep going and go through the workout. But what I've discovered is when I stop and when he, when he makes me rest, then I come back and I'm able to do it better and I'm able to do more than I could have done had I just kept going. And so it's critical. It's like what Abe Lincoln said. He said, give me six hours to cut down a tree and I'll take the first four hours sharpening the ax. It gives us an edge. It gives us an edge in our performance. It also enables us to, it opens us up to creativity, better ideas. And then finally, the third thing is, is it gives you longevity. Now, in my field as a pastor, these statistics are staggering. One in 10 who start in the ministry retire. In other words, finish in the ministry. Only 10%. Now, those statistics are similar in other leadership positions. And the reason is, is because we don't take time for self-care. If you and I take care of ourselves, then we can better take care of others. Let's just do a little recap of these three characteristics. First of all, selfless. Self-leadership, to be healthy, we need to be selfless. We don't think less of ourselves; We think of ourselves less and we serve others. We also need self-discipline. We need to be consistent, consistently do what others may not do, but we will do, which will make us better and more effective. Make a commitment to also self-care. Get a specific plan in place and stick to it. 
You cannot give what you do not have. A better you is not only better for you, but it's better for everyone else. Here at the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast, we are here to come alongside you and help you become the leader you were created to be. Thank you for listening to the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast. For more information or to download the leader guide for this episode, you can go to our website, larrycrawford.live. To get in touch with us, send us an email at leadership at larrycrawford.live.